This recording begins with a reading of the Gospel of the Day. That will be followed by the homily from Father Paul O'Brien. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star and his rising, and have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was greatly troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it has been written through the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, since from you shall come a ruler who is the shepherd, my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly, and ascertained from then the time of the star appearance. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word, that I too might go and do him homage. After their audience with the king, they set out, and behold, the star that they had seen at his rising preceded them until he come and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star, and on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures, and offering him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. We are celebrating the final two days of this year's Christmas season of grace in the church. Today, the Feast of the Epiphany. Tomorrow, the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord. I know that many of you and I have been praying during this Christmas season that the grace of the rebirth of Christ will become real in us. The grace is guaranteed because it's God's gift. How that will unfold, we'll only see. It really is a mystery. We will see as this year unfolds, primarily through our daily choices about how we live, how this grace has been given to us, I hope. Epiphany in Greek comes from the Greek word manifestation or appearance. If you even look at the news uh, and the celebration of Epiphany around the world, there are all sorts of traditions all connected with manifestations of Jesus in the different traditions in Christianity. In general, in the Eastern churches, the focus is on the manifestation of Jesus at his baptism as an adult, as the Son of God. In the Western Christian tradition to which we belong, the focus is on Jesus's manifestation to the non-Jewish world, the Gentile world. And the focus is the scripture passage we just heard about the encounter of the Magi with Jesus in Matthew 2. 
the, without in any way, shape, or form trying to reduce the mystery of the grace of the Christmas season, in fact, completely respecting it, the goal is to try to enter into the details of this passage this week just to consider what are ways that the grace of Christmas might unfold in our lives based upon this story. So the story of the Magi is only in Matthew 2, 1 to 12. The historicity, meaning the actuality, what actually took place, nobody in this world can resolve. It's one of the many things I hope we get to heaven and we find out exactly what did happen historically. But this is God's word. This is inspired by the Holy Spirit. So like all of the stories of Jesus's infancy, the goal is to accept it as it is, to look at the details, and to ask God, what might you be revealing through these details about the birth of Christ in us today? In the story, you can take this from many, many different directions in your reflection this week, I encourage all of you to join me in at least putting some time, when you review the story this week, focus on the star. The star is the unique gift of God in the story to grab the attention of the Magi and to reliably lead them to Jesus. At the beginning of the story, the Magi have absolutely no idea who Jesus is, just like most people on the planet at the time. The Magi live somewhere east of Judea. To repeat, they are non-Jewish people. Magi are people who believe that there are movements in the heavens that have significance for things that are going on in the earth. So for example, the rising of a star might be connected with the birth of a great person on this planet. In the story, the Magi who eventually encounter Jesus are not forced to do that. They're not forced to do that by the star. They're not forced to do it by God, by anybody. They make very important choices that lead them to the encounter that God wants them to have with Jesus. So for example, they choose to actually pay attention to the star. Yes, they're magi, but does that mean that they're gonna do their job every day? Do you do your job 100% effectively, efficiently every day? Of course you don't, you're a lazy bum, just like me. They make the choice to actually pay attention to the rising of the star. They clearly make the choice to ponder its meaning. They could just say, hey, there's a star, give me a cigarette. They, in fact, reflect on it. They make a very significant choice to get up from where they are and make what must be an arduous journey to Judea, to a foreign place. They make the choice as they do this, this is the famous joke, when they don't know where to go, if they get to Jerusalem, they actually ask for directions. The joke is always made to we're really women because men would never stop and ask for directions. They ask the question, where is the newborn king of the Jews, the Messiah, supposed to come from? For a time, they experience real life evil, darkness. King Herod, we know historically, is a horrific human being. He is deceptive, he's dishonest, he's threatened by this possible newborn king because he is the king of the Jews and he is ultimately homicidal. He, I think you know the rest of the chapter. He ends up having young children who might be Jesus killed as a result of this. He's evil. For a time when they're in, not because of bad things they're doing, while they're in the company of Herod, they lose sight of the star. When they, but they do listen. They listen to what you and I know is the word of God, what the scripture scholars tell them, where the Messiah is supposed to be born, 
and they follow those directions. When they emerge from that, they see the star again, and they're filled with joy. I presume they're filled with joy because they know by now that that star is a reliable guide. They follow the star, and they finally get to Jesus and Mary in Bethlehem. That this manifestation of Jesus in their lives is real and profound is clear from the details. They accept this completely unlikely, economically impoverished, by earthly standards, unimportant baby and his mother, that this is actually the king of the Jews. They say they're going to go to do him homage, but they prostrate themselves and do him homage. Nobody does that. No sincere person does that unless they're deeply moved by God, by the presence of God. They take very valuable gifts that they have with them, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and they give them to Jesus. You know this. When love is real, one of the biggest signs that it's real is you sacrifice what's very valuable to give to the source of love. They are connected enough with God that they accept the message in a dream to go back to their homeland by another route to avoid Herod. Jesus is manifested, appears as the newborn king, as the Messiah, into the lives of these people who at the beginning know nothing of Jesus. So again, take that story wherever you go this week to look for connections to your life, to our lives. What I ask you to do, and I promise you I will do it, is to include in your reflection the star. The star is the gift of God to grab the attention of people who do not know Jesus and to be the reliable guide for those people to be led to encounter Jesus. Many, 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 many people whom you know and whom you will encounter, whom you don't know yet, today and every day for the rest of your lives probably, many people do not know Jesus. Many baptized Catholics do not in fact really know Jesus. Who is supposed to be the person in all the people you know and all the people you will encounter who do not yet know Jesus, who is the star for them? Who is the person that God intends to be the one who grabs these people's attention and reliably, full-time, leads them to Jesus? It is you. Second person singular, you. It is certainly you, 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 all of us together as the church. What I really push on you today is it is you personally. It is not somebody else. Every single one of us, because we're baptized, is supposed to be the star. You personally are supposed to be so living the love of Jesus Christ, getting to know it, and putting it into practice in this real world that you will grab people's attention. Human beings by nature, and in our generation more than any other generation, partially because of social media, watch one another's movements. Some of us this morning didn't get out of bed before we checked our social media stream, think about that one, to watch other people's movements. You should presume that everyone watches your every movement. And I think if you don't presume that, you're making a big mistake. 
you are the person who is supposed to so be living the love of Jesus Christ that it grabs people's attention. You are supposed to be the person who is so deeply committed to him as your Lord, who is such a deep, faithful, authentic Christian that you are a reliable guide for other people as God tries to lead them to Jesus. You, 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 you. That is part of who you're supposed to be. The story of the Magi and the story of you as the star is only about Jesus. When you choose to live as an active Christian, to be the star in other people's lives, they will make all the choices, free choices, that they will make. Whether they respond, whether they care, people will end up in very dark places under the influence, particularly in this country, of the opponents of Jesus, of the deceptive and nasty and evil people. You can still be the star. People will see who you are if they open their eyes and if you live as the star. This is not my opinion. Three chapters later, same gospel writer tells us the adult Jesus tells his first disciples, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine before all that they may see the good that you do and give glory to God. That's the star, right? Please read this this week. That is a description of the star, and that is supposed to be a description from the mouth of Jesus Christ of you and me. So please consider including that in your prayer this week. If you and I have been praying that Jesus be reborn in us, I think it must have something to do with our choosing to live more actively, more concertedly as the star for other people. And my conclusion is, some of you know this much better than I do because you are living this way. And you can only take this in this context, specifically the scriptural context of today. If you actually do it, it is a great thing to be the star. You have been listening to Father Paul O'Brien, pastor of St. Patrick Parish in Lawrence, Massachusetts. For more information about the parish and to get involved, please go to stpatrickparish.com or follow us on social media. Thank you for listening.